episode of Shield Informed. My name is Willem Van Denderen, and I'm pumped to be sitting here to bring you all you need to know ahead of round four of the Sheffield Shield. To do so, I'm joined by Brody Hoyne. How are you going, Brody? Uh, good, thanks, Willem. Yeah, very interesting setup we've got here today, but I'm looking forward to it anyway. Yeah, no Nick Bancroft. He'll be back with us shortly, and it is a bit of a different setup. We're actually not in our usual studio. We're sitting in my lounge room, which is uh, why we couldn't bring you uh, the episode on Saturday, as promised. We're having a few studio issues, but hopefully we'll resolve that. We also can't have a guest on today, so apologies, but we thought we'd at least preview the matches. Hopefully, we'll have it sorted, and um, we'll have a bumper episode for you at the end of the week, at the end of the round. So we'll start with the news as always. We'll then preview the matches. And with most states impacted by key personnel missing in this round uh, going off on Australia A duty, we'll give you a young player to watch for each side. So Brody, let's crack in. What have you got for us, mate? One thing we haven't spoken about so far in the podcast is the ball they use in the shield. We've got the Kookaburra going now and we'll use the Dukes after Christmas. But we could see a third ball used shortly with Kookaburra developing one with an extra coat of lacquer to last longer. So... The issue here or the question that arises from this is why we're using Duke balls after Christmas with the Ashes now two years away. Willem, anything to add on that? Yeah, so we usually yeah, – they, they split the shield a little bit. They like bring the, uh, the Duke's balls in when we're preparing for a tour of England to get players sort of acclimatised. But as you say, Brody, we're, we're two years away, so I'm not sure it's, it's totally necessary. This new extra coat of lack on the Kookaburra hopefully makes it last a little bit longer, but that apparently brings it more in line with the Duke's ball. So maybe we're moving towards more of a uniform ball, which is not really what I'm sure we want to see in uh, – in global cricket really so yeah interesting one I know Peter Siddle's not a massive fan of it he wants to see us move away from it and he's an absolute king with the Duke's ball over in England so yeah interesting one we'll we'll see how we go on that one following up on our chat with uh, Matt Barmer last week Lachlan Stevens has been appointed coach of Victoria replacing Andrew McDonald who's of course uh, now Justin Langer's senior assistant with Australia so Stevens will be coached for the rest of the Shield season and the one days as well. He's got plenty of experience in Australian cricket. I know I hadn't actually heard of him, which is probably you know more of an, an indictment on me than uh, Lachlan, but he uh, played for South Australia and Queensland. He's been coach of WA in the Perth Scorchers. He also has been an assistant at the Renegades. He coached the women's Renegades in the WBBL. So he sounds pretty well credentialed to me, Brody. He's got a big job at Victoria, and that all starts tomorrow against Queensland. Yeah, he definitely looks like he's got the resume for it. Um, I would have liked to see David Hussey have a crack at the uh, Victorian coaching job, just like it would have been that fairy tale finish come around full circle for him. Uh, obviously a legend of Victorian cricket. But you know what? Um, looking through the resume of Lachlan Stevens and the work he's done with some really good teams, such as like the Perth Scorchers, who's the best, that's the best BBL team there's been. Yeah, um, the final year one, I believe. Yeah, and they were thereabouts for the next three or four years as well so you know very quality t20 outfit so it definitely seems like he knows what he's doing um as coach and uh be interesting to see especially for you and me as victorian fans um how he goes for the rest of the season will uh peter hanscom has just signed a two-year deal with middlesex over in england and he's going to be the skipper as well uh this is his fourth spell in england but the length of his deal means it won't be fly in fly out it'll mean that he can you know he can bed down he can you know strengthen his technique strengthen his leadership and obviously that technique's a really important part because obviously that's what's been keeping him out of the Australian test side. I definitely think he's good enough to be in the Australian test side. He's a yep. very solid bat. He's got a few international centuries to his name as well. Yep. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see, and I think it's a good career move for Peter Hanscom uh, in this regard. Also, on top of that, Sean Abbott has signed with Derbyshire for the first half of 2020, and Nathan Lyon as well in Hampshire, uh, only, red, only with the red ball, which won't please a lot of English fans, I'm sure. 
Yeah, I think on his day, Hanscom's probably in the top 11 cricketers in Australia, but he's just lost his way a little bit. It seems crazy to think he played as recently as January in that uh, in the New Year's Test against India. Um, oh, he's obviously an exceptional leader. He's captain Victoria to what, three Shield titles. So that's a, uh, an excellent pickup for Middlesex. Hampshire, of course, where uh, Shane Warne did a lot of his good work over in England as well. So excellent pickup there uh, for them as well. That brings us just about to the end of the first one. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode today, so apologies for that, but we'll, uh, we'll crack through it. We'll get on to the previews, and we'll also speak a little bit of Australia A at the end. Shield informed onto the, the crucial part of the show, the middle segment, the previews, of course, and we're starting off with a top of the table clash at the MC, at the SCG rather, with New South Wales against WA. Now, Brody, with the Australia A action, most sides have actually been depleted by players going on national duty, but New South Wales have actually gotten stronger, which is a little bit scary. It's just typical of them, isn't it? They always find a way to be a stronger side. That's There's it. So much depth there. Nine of the twelve picked in the squad and uh well, that makes eight of the 11 who's actually been picked for the match have played Test cricket for Australia. Have a listen to these bowlers, Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood. They've left out Trent Copeland. They've been able to leave out your mate, the Enigma, Harry Conway. That's a disaster. Harry Conway is one of the best bowlers in domestic cricket right now. And they've picked Lyon and Steve O'Keefe as your two spinners, probably still the two best in the country. Warner out. Conway out, Gilks and Burtis also out, but Daniel Solway has been retained after his uh, ton in his first match, and he's opening the batting with Daniel Hughes. As we speak, this one's actually started, and this is a nice part about doing the podcast a little bit later. We can actually go off who's been picked rather than the uh, blatant speculation we've been running with early on. So they're done for 12 as we sit here now. From WA's perspective, they are second on the table, but they're pretty up against it. Cameron Bancroft got the late call up to Australia A with Nick Madison sitting it out. So Darcy Short comes back in there and you'd suspect that he'd open. Thoughts on Short in the longer format? We know he loves to smack the white ball. Yeah, it's probably not the format for him at this point. I haven't seen much of him. In saying that, you know, you could, you got to be, to be a, a good cricketer, a good all-round cricketer, you got to play every format of the game. And I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see Darcy Short in, um, in the longer format. Um, obviously a white ball cricketer, but definitely be interesting to see what he can do. Also, one of the few Indigenous players, I think, going around Australian domestic cricket. Yeah, so important that, that we uh, important we get, we get more Indigenous representation throughout the sport. Yeah. Anyway, there's still plenty of experience in the WA squad. Sean Marsh, your mate, Hilton Cartwright, yeah. uh, Marcus Stoinis. So big things expected of uh, Josh Philippe as well. He's dropped down to six this season, and he's sort of one to hope for the future. But in his last match, side mate, 332 and 246, he added just 22 and zero. So he needs a score, um, to be brutally honest. All eyes on Cameron Green, the hero of the last match. I know you're a big fan of him, Brody. Being compared to uh, Aussie Andrew Flintoff, and we love a, uh, a wild speculative call that can't be lived up to on this program. Well, I was going to mention during the show that uh, he has been compared to Australia's answer, Andrew Flintoff, which is just a ridiculously large call. I'm really interested to see how he goes. I think he's got a lot of talent, definitely can bowl. Can, obviously, we saw last week he can bat. Um, if he is Australia's answer to Andrew Flintoff, that's awesome. I cannot wait to see that happen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, maybe a few more matches first before we make start making these ridiculous claims. What did Fred retire over 10 years ago? I'm not sure we actually need an answer <laughs> to him. But anyway. no, yeah, we're an answer to Jacques Callas, who hasn't played in 15 years as well. So. I doubt he'll be batting as low as number nine, where he cracked his, no. his ton from last week. So. so you've been looking at the promotion. Joy Richardson is a big out. He's 
is with Australia A. Just looking on paper at this one, Western Australia has been a good start to the year, but you'd expect New South Wales to extend their lead at the top of the table. Too strong, too strong. Got too many players who have played at an international level and test matches as well. Um, So I can't see them dropping this one. But... Western Australia, we know they're a bit of a wild card side. They've got some very talented players who know how to hit the ball, who know how to bowl the right line, the right length, and um, play to their strength. So, um, be interesting to see. I do pick New South Wales here, um, but you know, don't count WA out as well. WA, of course, still missing Mitch Marsh as he recovers from his broken hand. On to the next one, Brody, you're going to run us through South Australia and Tasmania. Interesting matchup we've got here at the Adelaide Over with South Australia versus Tasmania. South Australia get another chance at home to crack their first win in, I think, Will, Willem, you said 18 months. They've won one since the start of last season, so a bloody long time. Which is a ridiculous statistic. Uh, they lose their captain, Travis Head, and bring in Jake Lehman, who was dropped last match and has now come back in the side and been given the captaincy, which is a bit of an interesting call. Yeah, not sure where his head would be at getting dropped for not making any runs and then straight back in. Oh, and you're the skipper. Just uh, lead us through this one, Jake. So we'll we'll see how it goes. He's a good player. Definitely. uh, Interesting to see why they wouldn't make someone like Callum Ferguson a bit more experienced captain, but... Another um, guy who hasn't made too many runs of late. Yeah, maybe that's why. Uh, And they they... in also is Joe Many after recovering from that hamstring injury he had. Um, and Chad Sayers retained after not being selected for the Australian A squad as well, uh, and which would be very handy because he did take 13 wickets last week. So. Yeah, in fine form. In fine form. Uh, their bowling attack actually looks quite dangerous. Uh, Chad Sayers obviously will lead the charge with Joe Many. Nick Winter, I mentioned last week, sits 10th in the uh, Sheffield Shield wicket-taking at the moment with yep. 10 wickets. And it'll be Wes Agar or Robbins. I assume Wes Agar has probably been the better of the two. Yeah, I'd go, with, I'd go with Wes. He's looked pretty good at the start of his uh, first-class career. But uh, all they need is some uh, consistent scores. Uh, Jake Lehman, Callum Ferguson, you know, they're more experienced players, you'd say, just haven't been getting runs on the board. Um, so, yeah, they definitely need to get their scores up there at the Adelaide Oval. Tasmania really composed mature last week with uh, thanks mainly to uh, Matthew Wade, who was man of the match in their last start, I believe. Yeah, against the Vicks, yeah. Against the Vicks um, and saw them get the W as well. And they can establish themselves as the real deal with another win here, especially away from home. Um, Tim Payne comes back in and... As Matthew Wade is seen as a lock for the t- for the first test on November 21 for Australia, he does not need to bat for Australia A. Yeah, he's above that now, Wade. He doesn't have to do the Australia A duty. Which is, which is just great. Straight into the test. Yeah, no fantastic. Knowledge. I love that. So, And they lose Jake Dorham, Joachim, and Riley Meredith, obviously, is playing for Australia A as well. Yep. Um, ben McDermott comes back from T20 international duty. Um, you know, how do you find his form with the Red Bull? Yeah, don't mind it. Um, you're probably more of a, a white ball player at this stage, but I'm sure he'd be hoping to consolidate himself in this format. So, yeah, interesting to see how he goes. They need a, they need him to perform. Every time I look at the uh, the Tasmanian side, I think you know they're usually the cellar dwellers of the Sheffield Shield. But then you take another look at them. Alex Doolan's played international Test cricket for Australia. George Bailey obviously is a, yep. is a legend of Tasmanian cricket. Matthew Wade, Ben McDermott, Tim Payne. Yeah, it's a really good experience core, isn't it? They do have some really experienced, but it's probably their bowling where they're not so experienced. Obviously, yep. Alex Pycroft, um, you know, Loris Neal-Smith makes a start today. Sam Rainbird, you know, some of, they're not exactly big names yep. in Australian cricket. Jackson Bird. Jackson Bird, obviously, the, well. the senior. Yep. We all know, we all love him. He's a, their senior bowler. But, yeah, you just – but they always find a way sometimes, Tasmania, to be here there, here and there. So, um, it looks to be an interesting game. Um Look, I think South Australia need to get the W here. In fact, yeah. they definitely need to get the yeah. W. But I don't know, looking at the two sides on paper, it might be a struggle for them, even at home. What do you reckon? 
Yeah, it looks pretty evenly matched. I'm actually going to back South Australia. I mean, if not now, when sort of thing. Um, if they can get consistent runs out of their, their middle order, it's been sort of too little left to too few over the last few. So if a few of their guys can put it together, yeah, obviously Lehman, Ferguson, even Henry Hunt at the top of the order, who we'll speak a little bit about later. I like them. I like them here, South Australia. Uh, they do have the Sheffield Shield leading run scorer in Tom Cooper. So, you course, know, yeah, not, yeah, about can't, can't really rule them out like that. But I am going to go with Tasmania, on the other hand. I think their side on paper looks a lot better. Um, and hopefully there'll be some surprises with uh, Alex Pycroft, Sam Rainbird in the bowling. All right, we'll put a fiver on it, Brody, and you can give me five at the end of this one, mate. Vic, Queensland. This one doesn't start until tomorrow. The Vic's return to the MCG for the first time this season. And these are two sides that have been hit really hard by Australia A duty. For the Vic's, Pekowski, Harris, and Maddinson, of course, out. Maddinson not playing Australia A either. But, of course, strength and depth. Finch comes back. James Pattinson can return. So we could see as many as five changes. We spoke to Matt Barmer from Fox Cricket last week, and he said it was really the instability that had been hurting them while they haven't had to win in the first three starts. So, I mean, nothing really changes here. Another five changes. That's not easy for any side in any sport, really. But the Inns are exciting. We've got Jake Fraser-McGurk in. He's only 17. We'll speak about him a bit later on as well. Will Sutherland, chance to make his long-awaited uh, first-class uh, long-form debut, of course, son of James, former CEO. And maybe even Eamon Vines, who's captain of Geelong, I believe, left-handed bat, who's played a couple of games last season. I've seen Eamon Vines at, uh, at Premier level. Very talented, very talented batsman. Uh, very composed, calm, and he, uh, he can make... Definitely make some big scores. He's uh, definitely deserves a chance, yep. just whether or not a spot opens up for him. Okay, fair enough. Wanted to watch their aim and vines. Queensland also been hit really hard. Three key players out, Burns, Kawaja, and our mate Michael Nisa. They do get Matty Renshaw back from that illness and Marnus Labuschagne, also above Australia, a Judy, just going to parachute straight into Very number good. three. Very so good. he stays as well. Outside of that, it's pretty inexperienced. Blake Edwards could make his first class debut. Nathan McSweeney's only got two matches to his name, but there is a bit of bowling there. There's Xavier Bartlett, there's Cameron Gannon, who we're going to mention on every single show, yeah. and Steckity, of course, who most people probably know from his big bash work, but he does, mm. does not too badly with the Red Bull as well so both sides pretty depleted here but as we know that brings a lot of opportunity for the uh, second tier younger players I really think the Vicks should win this one here Brody yeah I'm much the same I find their depth just a bit stronger than Queensland's um, and I definitely see them coming away with the win biased or not biased uh, I think they should come away with the win here against Queensland yeah definitely Already No Dramas brings us to the end of the preview. Well done. Thank you, Brody. Up next, we're going to have a look at, obviously, with the Australia A duty, which we've spoken about, uh, it does bring opportunity. So we're going to run you through a player from each side who we think is going to really benefit from this opportunity. Bit of a one to watch for those guys that don't quite get the, uh, the mainstream attention of some of the bigger names. Welcome back. Hope you're enjoying the uh, musical interludes that we've been running throughout Shooting Form. Thank you, Brody. I think you need a shout-out for the guy who's delivered you those copyright uh, free beats. Yeah, I will, I will give him a shout-out. Uh, Kappa Valley, uh, very young, up-and-coming artist out of Melbourne. Um, Matt Wansink, a friend of mine from school, and he's also a very talented artist, and he puts a lot of hard work into those beats, and uh, we thank him greatly for uh, letting us sample them. No drama. Speaking of young and very talented, we're now going to have a look at some of the young Jets that are coming through the shield. We're going to start with a 17-year-old, Jake Fraser-McGurk, who's making his debut for the Vicks tomorrow at the G. He's uh, played for the Monash Tigers. 
only 17, and he's going to become the third youngest Victorian player ever behind uh, one Cameron White in 2001, who went on to do some pretty decent things at a domestic level. This is a legend of Victorian cricket. And for the record, it was Jerry Hazlitt, 1905, who was actually the youngest. Uh, so well done to Jerry. And Fraser McGurk's going to go straight into the number 23, if you don't mind, just warn his number at uh, Victoria. Yeah, a bit of... Yeah, only a little bit of uh, high regard for that number. Nothing too much or anything like that. No, he wasn't that good, was he? <laughs> this is a name that I've been hearing for years. I haven't been playing cricket for a while, but you know, some of my mates that do have been saying, oh, there's this guy and he's five years younger and he's just so much better than everyone. So yeah, Jake's made it all the way up to the Vicks. So all the best to him. He's going to bat in the middle order, roll out a few leggies as well, by all reports. So uh, good luck to him. And also, Will Sutherland might make his debut. Um, been a long time coming, actually. Dealt with a few back stress fractures and a few injuries, I believe. So massive wraps on him as well so we see how he goes yeah there's also another one he's not playing Sheffield Shield at the moment but he definitely will at some point in his career Mac Harvey out of uh, the Carlton Creek Club in the Vic Premier League plays for the Melbourne Renegades in the Big Bash yep. 18 years old very talented batsman uh, captain the under 17 team last year I believe at the yep. World Cup so definitely just one to watch not playing Sheffield Shield yet but as I said matter of time uh, the next, uh, our next one is for WA, Cameron Green, as we spoke about last week, an amazing game, man of the match, saved the test match for uh, WA. Uh, just 20 years old, made his maiden at Sheffield Shield 100 last match against Queensland, and he's been compared, as we spoke about earlier, yeah. to Andrew Flintoff, which is uh, quite a quite a high accolade, I think. On to Queensland, another guy who uh, made his debut ton was Bryce Street. He's going to open with uh, Matt Renshaw in this one with Joey Burns going off to Australia A. So, yeah, you can also bat in the middle order. So he's batted three times to Queensland so far, scores a 53-0 and 115 last time out. He's been a Bulls rookie for four years, and he's now establishing himself nicely. 345 in the second 11 uh, last month will we'll help you do that. That'll propel you to the top of those rookies and into the senior stuff. So, yeah, uh, all eyes on Bryce again for, uh, for this one. As we move towards New South Wales, obviously it's a side stacked with test experience, so it would be hard to find a young name here. But as we spoke about in our last episode, Daniel Solway is that man. Uh, see, we'll get, it's going to be interesting to see how he can back up his ton from last week. Um, looks a very talented batsman, though. Yeah, I got a really good look at this uh, at his innings the other day, Brody. Batted beautifully. He was really calm in defence. They had slips in all day, uh, South Australian. I'm not sure why because it didn't go, didn't look like uh, anything near like it wasn't going to hit the middle of the bat. And then when he decided to go on the attack, all the shots uh, could cut. Could pull, so he's opening in this match uh, with Nicola, uh, with Daniel Hughes. So yeah, one to watch for the future. And I think we're going to try and get him on uh, at the end of this round. Have a bit of a chat to him and hear about a bit of his story from uh, from Bankstown and Great Cricket. A guy we haven't mentioned so far on the show is Henry Hunt, a 22-year-old guy who's batting, uh, opening the batting for South Australia. He made 75 in his first innings against Victoria, but that was, of course, on that road at the Junction Oval. Hasn't made a score since, but South Australia do need more from their bats. Uh, they've, re- they've recruited him out of the uh, Queensland system and they're investing, so we'll see how he goes this time out. Henry Hunt, one to watch. As we move down to Tasmania, a guy who doesn't have a lot said about him is Gabe Bell. Been around for a little while now. 17 matches for Tasmania and has 66 wickets at 24 since debuting in 2017, which is some pretty good statistics yeah, there as well. Ball, yeah. um, bowls reasonably quick, supports Jackson Bird well. Without Riley Meredith this week, he'll be probably their second most important bowler, you'd think. Um, definitely one to watch and bit of an enigma as well. Was he an enigma? I don't, he's... I'm just going off by, based on looks, which we don't judge. We don't we don't judge books by their covers here, but, but, uh, but long hair, yeah, yeah, long hair, ponytail, bit of an enigma. 
All right, onto the Aussie squad. Um, yeah, day nighter starts tonight in Perth, and I think it's on Fox Cricket as well, which is good. I mean, we've only got five tests this summer against Pakistan and New Zealand, which in my book is an absolute rip-off, really. But at least, you know, if you've got Fox, you can use this as a bit of a proxy test and treat yourself to uh, three nights on the couch if you're in the eastern states uh, watching the, uh, the day nighter. How do we think they're going to go? I mean, I'm back in Travis Head to make a few runs. I think he should be uh, he should ret- uh, return to number five. I think he was stiff to get dropped in England, and then it's a bit of a battle for the uh, for the opening spot. Bancroft is back in. Last week on the program, you wrote Bancroft off. He's now in for Nick Maddinson, who's unfortunately had to take a bit of time off. Uh, I can see it happening that you wrote him off for the summer and he could be back in if he makes a few runs here. Nah, there's no way. I can't. He's, <laughs> there's no way. I'm not. I'm, I'm sticking with it because he just has not been making. It's not like that. I don't like him either. Yeah. He's a very talented cricketer by yeah. all regard, but he just hasn't been making the runs. And I'm and it's this summer. I just don't see him coming back in yeah. the side. Um, I, I hey, prove me wrong. He can prove me wrong as much as he likes. I'd like to be proven wrong, but yeah. at this point with the other players in line, Marcus Harris, and even well, hopefully we can see Nick Madison come back. Um, unfortunately, taking time off. Um, but yeah, I just can't see it happening, man. Usman Khawaja is another one. He'll have to do some pretty tremendous things um, to get ahead over Marnus Labashane. But you know, it's a big, big match for him. Joe Burns as well. Um, could see him slide into the uh, the equation at the uh, at Test level. Yep. He's up. He you know his last. Uh, test for Australia scored 100, 180, yeah, 180 so nearly 200. Yeah, yep. I know it was Sri Lanka, you know, but that's still a good score against Absolutely. any nation. So he's still playing international test cricket and he scored 180. That's I always say that it doesn't really matter who you play, 180 at international test level is a very good score. Yeah, Joe Burns for mine is the smoky in this side. I think he's been extremely hard done by throughout his career. 16 tests for 400s at an average of about 40 just off the top of my head. I think yeah, he's put together consistent seasons for Queensland and a big score here from him and should we see maybe failures for Harris and Bancroft, I don't see why he couldn't just slide straight in and open up with David Warner uh, come the first test at the end of the month. So yeah, Burns the one to watch for mine. Um, I think Pukowski, Mark Taylor came out the other day and said that selectors want to pick him more than anyone. Um, so maybe he just has to do a little bit and he, he shoots to the front of the queue as well. And in the bowlers, the main one that stands out to me with the bowlers is uh, Jai Richardson. We yep. saw him We saw him play against uh, Sri Lanka and take some pretty important polls as well. Sean Abbott, Riley Meredith and the other one was Michael Nisa. Michael Nisa is another one. Um, I definitely think he's going to play a test for Australia this summer. His form just says he must be there, yep. in my opinion. So those are the two pit bowlers from this um, from this tour match that I, I see as having you know the most possible test futures sort of thing, best yeah. test futures especially yeah. this summer anyway yeah. Not nothing against Sean Abbott and Riley Meredith Riley no. Meredith in particular I think definitely has a career for Australia um, I'd like to see him debut with a white ball first before his red ball chance um, as we know he's probably proven himself as a white ball player yeah. over a red ball at the moment um, but yeah it's definitely down to Jai Richardson and Michael Nisa for mine alright he brings us to the end of another episode of Should Informed. Thank you very much for sticking with us because this was a bit of a struggle this episode without the usual studio. We're sitting here passing a uh, little headphone microphone between each other. So thanks for sticking together. Thanks so much for the kind reception. Um, yeah, it'd be nice to get a, a small but dedicated following build up. So yeah, we thought we'd put something out and hopefully we'll get this studio issue resolved and we will be back with a bumper episode. We'll look to get a couple of guests on uh, at the end of the round. So enjoy your cricket, enjoy the shield. Hopefully the young kids go well. Hopefully a couple of blokes put their hand up in the Australia A squad. Brody, cheers mate. Thanks Willem and just remember Rome wasn't built in a day but 
Geez, we're going pretty nicely, I think. I'm really enjoying doing this show and uh, thank you to all the, the listeners out there who have taken the time out of their lives to listen to us chat a bit of crap about cricket. No dramas. Well said. Nick Bancroft back in the chair next episode as well. Catch you later on Chill Informed. Thank you.